Welcome to a very special episode of Carcon Carne. This one is Carcon Carne Goes to Prison. Today, as I'm recording this, I am recording at the Old Joliet Prison Haunted House. Carcon Carne, sponsored by Sopal Solar. Now, now is the time to switch to solar before it starts snowing, before it becomes December and January and you're too late to get those panels on your roof. Switch to solar now. Get all the benefits of getting those panels on your roof cost certainty, knowing what your electric bill is going to be month after month. There's nothing out of pocket. I'm going to say that again, nothing out of pocket to go solar. My friend Brent Sopel, he was on the Chicago Blackhawks. He's a former NHL great. He is going to help you. He's the guy who's going to do it. Go to Sopel, S-O-P-E-L, solar.com. Take advantage of the tax credits that exist this year in 2022. Get this done before wintertime. Get cost certainty, SopelSolar.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Car con carne is also sponsored by 90 Days in the 90s, written by Andy Fry. It is a fiction book about the Chicago music scene in the 90s. If you didn't live it, this is your chance to travel back in time. 90 Days in the 90s, a rock and roll time travel story, the ultimate novel about the 90s Chicago music scene. Darby is the protagonist, and she goes back in time. She takes a trip back to Chicago in the 90s via the Gray Line and relives her carefree 20s. Wouldn't we all like that opportunity? Go back and maybe change some things second time around. 90 Days in the 90s, Order your book signed on the website, 90daysinthe90s.com, or order it on Amazon or wherever, else, or wherever else you buy books. It looks like this. And it is a very special episode of Carcon Carne. Carcon Carne goes to prison. I'm James Van Osdell. Tonight, as we were recording this, we are at Chicago's only haunted house inside a real prison. It is Old Juliet Haunted Prison. I'm joined by James the Boneless. That right there to my right is James. He is boneless. We'll explain. But James the Boneless <laughs> is the band. In the backseat, Patrick McDermott, the bass guitarist of James the Boneless. Gentlemen, we just walked through the Old Juliet Haunted Prison Haunted House. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the band. I guess let's start with the haunted house. Right. We we've never met before tonight. No, we haven't. I think the fastest way to make friends and become acquaintances is to do what we just did. Go through a haunted house. Go through a haunted house. Walk through. Have the shit scared out of you as a team. Yeah, be disoriented with lights and uh, all kinds of props. Now it, I go to haunted houses a lot. I love this kind of stuff. I'm a 13 year old boy at heart. I know it had been a while since both of you had been to a haunted house. Oh, yeah. Since, uh, I'd I'd say, my teenage years, when I used to work at, like, a Halloween prop store, and I would be involved with all the Halloween makeup and costumes and everything, so we'd geek out, go into, like, Hades at at the Odium. Of course. I think, yeah. So that brought me back. It was like a flashback to my childhood. What do you think, Patrick? Uh, It's been about 10 years for me, too, so it was uh, was an experience. Yeah, a lot of fun, though. So what stood out? Because it's like three different haunts, three different attractions, actually, as you go through here. The first one is inside the actual prison. Yeah. And that is loaded with characters, and they're they're in the actual cells, which I find so freaky. It is. The, The actual old cells inside the prison. I mean, 
we could just walk through the prison and not have any characters there, and it would be scary and unnerving. Oh, it would have been. It, yeah. it frightens the... Can I swear on this? Yeah. It frightens the shit out of me to be in a penitentiary. I yeah. mean, just the prospect of being locked up in a tiny cell, nothing to do. You're just laying on concrete or steel. Uh-huh. It's the worst. You don't know who you're with. You don't know who's going to open your door at midnight, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it spooky on its per- own. Perfect location for a haunted house. Absolutely. So this is going on the Old Joliet Haunted Prison going on select nights through November fifth. Uh, so the first part, the first attraction, like I said, is you're walking through the prison. Then they have it's, it's almost like a, a palate cleanser. They they kind of break up the three attractions. The middle attraction is like laser tag kind of you sh- you shoot at zombies. Yeah, brought me back to Photon back in the 1990s. Basically, you walk but in with zombies. You walk into the attraction <laughs> and the first thing they do is they hand you a gun and say, "Make sure you shoot him in the head." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little conflicting there, yeah. but it was fun. <laughs> I so we we did that. We we did some zombie shooting. And uh, we walk out of that and then the third attraction is an absolute mindfuck. It is disorienting the second you walk in it, it's like a padded cell but it's all strobe light and you can't see you no. can't see an inch in front of your and face the strobe makes the walls kind of contort uh-huh. and wiggle and move yeah. i had to follow you you're in black pat following <laughs> me i'm in mostly black I can't find the exit like, get, get me out of here. Yeah. well and i thought I, I just thought okay i was leading the three of us i thought i'm just gonna walk straight that's got to be the path yeah Right. And then I hit the wall. I'm like, nope, this isn't it. Yeah. And then James said, no, no, here it is. And Yeah. Or realize, I didn't realize it was a maze until we uh-huh. were well into it already. <laughs> they weren't really leading you in the right path. Yeah, they... so we walk out of that strobe light room, the, the padded room, and the first character we encounter is this dude. It reminds me of Professor Pig from the Batman comics. He's got like a, a, like a bull head, and he's got the, oh, the chainsaw yeah, right. going on. That reminded me of Time Bandits. Okay, you fair. You know, where they mm-hmm. had like the bull skull, uh, mm-hmm. but no chainsaw, obviously, because they were back in like Roman times. But, but yeah, tons so, of like dis- disorienting rooms. The strobe light comes back it's a maze uh and then they have that room that's completely disorienting it's like on an angle kind of and you, you feel like you have no sense of gravity as you're walking through it sure yeah it, it's super fun and <laughs> for the first attraction as we went through we were following a teenage couple and it was, it was adorable they were there on a date and the girl and the couple was super nervous waiting in line and then we walked up behind her because we were going to be in her group and she said, "Okay, I feel a little better, a little bit better now because you guys all look like a bunch of dads." <laughs> safer. Never got that comment before in my life. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I'm a dad, but it, it did kind of make me feel, "Oh, I'm I'm the old guy at the haunted house." Yeah, and th- which was scarier hey, than anything the I saw here. Old guys at the haunted house. <laughs> I'm, per- I'm perhaps a, a couple years older, and that was that was that was terrifying to me. That was more frightening than. Anything else we experienced? Oh. The, the simulated swamp, <laughs> <Yeah>. the, <laughs> the comment from the young lady. Yeah. yeah, the comment from the young lady. It set the tone. Hey, we feel safe. You look like a bunch of dads. <laughs> uh, so it was super fun. Again, this haunted house, the uh, Old Juliet Haunted Prison. I want to make sure I got the language correct. Old Juliet Haunted Prison. This goes through November fifth. We're here on Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, and I. I it makes sense. I'm like, oh, that's weird. They're open on a Monday and they're so crowded. Right. Schools were closed all day today. Schools right. were closed all day. Parents need something to do at right. night. Send the kids off to prison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. It's one uh, way. All right. So, James the Boneless, before I, I got to know you or knew more about you, I thought, oh, interesting name. I wonder what that's all about. You're James the Boneless because you're James 
without bones I'm in your arms. I'm actually missing bones in both of my arms. Um, here, wait. I have a visual, just so you get a, you know. It's, it's hard to explain without seeing inside of my arm, and obviously we're not going to do that. So that is my left arm, where about two-thirds of the radius is missing, and a little chunk of the ulna. So it's not actually connected, and the only way it's still rigid is with this uh, brace. Wow. Yeah, and then even this one, the same. Wow. Missing two-thirds of the radius, but at least the ulna is still intact on this arm. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, I realize my face must must not look Oh, kind. I get this every day, all day. I, okay, I don't so want to make you uncomfortable. I, no, I used to be uncomfortable. I used to not want to talk about it. Oh, you can keep that. I got a whole bunch of treats in my treat bag for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I used to ne- always hide my arms and sleeves. Uh, I would never talk about it. People would ask me, oh, because you can't hide this. You right. Know, this I've, one. I've known you for like 15 years, and I probably, the first time I saw his arms was maybe a year ago. Wow. Yeah. He, he, he hit it well. Yeah. So I, I guess let's talk about all I know is the top level top level information. Yeah. Your bones disintegrated because of chemical dependency. Dr- IV drug use. IV drug I, use. I was hooked on heroin for like 15 plus years. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So in trying to stay semi hygienic and clean, I was only shooting in the tops of both of my arms. Um, but that doesn't work for, you know, for very long. Your veins disappear. Your arteries even, dis- you know, any, like, direct source of blood disappears. Wow. So when that happens, then addicts go to muscle. Yeah. And then the muscle, once you shoot in a muscle, that deteriorates the muscle. And then it started, it was just a big open wound. You can see that. That's all scar tissue. And that's where it was completely open. And I, 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 I got to say, James, yeah. you're kind of Halloween adjacent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I, I think this is a very appropriate setting to, to go over this. Well, yeah. it is. I mean, I, mean is... I used to look like a mummy every day. Jeez. Because uh, while I was still using, you can't get health care while you're still using. That's just a fact in the American healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Addicts going in for any kind of treatment, they're going to push you away. They don't want to deal with it. So I was just going in for the wound care mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and I was straight turned away at the door. Uh, I had a doctor look at me. I mean, this was a wound care specialist. And he said, you're going to mess up anything I do for you. So we don't want you here. So, you know, out the door there. Well, let me ask you, yeah. how long has it been since you stopped using? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Are, are you, are you good? Do you think about it? Do oh, you... not at all. Okay. Done. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I knew I was done. It was actually pretty uh harrowing story of like the day i stopped um i was i was about to shoot up my arms like i said i looked like a mummy i had gauze wrapped around both of them because it was covering wounds and i was at least i was keeping them sterile i didn't have like uh infections and sepsis and everything i was covering them in antibiotic ointment and silver solution and stuff anything you know just stave off any infection that i knew would happen so I had gauze wrapped around both. As I'm unwrapping it to use, something must have caught on a vein or artery. And all of a sudden, I'm getting like a spigot 
opened up. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Like right in my face. It's shooting all over the ceiling. It's shooting all over the room. I thought I was gonna die. I went. I I got to my phone. Luckily, called uh, nine one one, and I must have been unconscious for a little bit. But then I heard them knocking, and I was able to make it out. And at that point, my arms were so bad I could hardly like hold the the paraphernalia to oh use. I was holding a spoon in my mouth to to like you know anything to to keep using and st- it's basically to stave off the the sick of it. Right. At that point, it's not fun. It's not to get high. It's just to stay normal. So I probably lost half my blood. Um, and this, at that, this is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it was. My, I mean, it looked like a murder scene. Well, I mean, not just the yeah. incidents you're describing. I mean, just your addiction was so severe. That's yeah. That's where you ended up. Like a, sure. But you know, I at the same time, I was a functioning addict. I I always had a job. I always had a full time job, um, and you know, I almost think I overworked in order to support the habit. Right. But that's all I could do. Like I couldn't do the band thing. Um, tried a little bit I still had that in me to make music and I had played guitar since I'd been like 12 or 13 um, even I we tried starting a band before I had stopped Pat was well, unaware we played of played before your arm we played when you could play underhand yeah I used was, to play normal were you aware of what James was going going through were you aware he was like that deeply I, in I, heroin I mean I knew he had issues and back when we first started our old band 15 years ago or whatever it uh like i always had a feeling he was doing something but uh you know he showed up when he showed up to practice he seemed coherent you know it's like uh he hit it well you know he hit his his use well so it's there was always that feeling like okay he's up to something but uh you know he always showed up we always practiced we played and uh and that was really all we did back then to hang out that's a little stronger relationship now obviously but but being able to practice, I, I didn't have, like, either the time or, you know, the want to to, to make, shows, make something more. To yeah. do more, like yeah. what we're doing now. You know, uh, it's it's a full-time job going to get the drugs, yeah. using the drugs. You have about a four- or five-hour limit where you could do something for about that time, and then you start to either anticipate the sick or you start to feel sick. So I could go to concerts. I'd go to, you know, I'd still be going to concerts through all those years, but I didn't socialize with anyone. I wasn't meeting any people. You know, I was just going see the bands I like, still experience music, but I had to get home. I just had to, you know, after every show. You're lucky to be alive. I am. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Lucky to have arms still. Yeah. So, okay, there's so much to talk about, and I want to, I don't want to focus. I don't want to, hey, it's, I don't it's want to turn this into it's, an interview. It's in about, the name. <laughs> it is in the name, and it, yeah. it's hard. I mean, my curiosity is exploding. I do want to talk about the band too, but yeah, I, I guess you're hey, a local we'll guy, James. Your curiosity. Go you're a local it. guy. Yeah, I've never seen heroin in my life. Okay, I, I've never been in a room with someone who's done heroin. I've been in a room with people who've done drugs, but not heroin. Yeah. Uh, how did you get involved? Um, I had a friend back. Uh, let's see, in when I was still in college, um, I was going to UW Madison, mm-hmm. and then. I was getting kind of tired of doing just liberal arts, uh, social sciences, and I wanted to do art. So I came down to, to go to Columbia for like a semester, mm-hmm. and I lived with a friend who was currently using. So got into it through that, and I was attracted to it. I had dabbled a little bit, 
just attracted to it through my musical heroes that had also, you know, Coltrane, Charlie Parker, Perry Farrell, even yeah. Kurt Cobain, I mean, you know, Lou Reed, Susie Sue, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. Lou Reed, of course, everybody, mm-hmm. and that kind of piques your curiosity, like how did they create such beautiful art? What did this substance do to them that you know then resulted in just magnificent albums, songs, but then you realize, you know, they you can't maintain a happy, healthy life. Did you, did you have that, that kind of arrogance? Like, well, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to. Right, right. Everyone does. Everyone says, oh, no, not I can just use it and put it down the next day. But then you realize you feel awful. Uh, you, you feel like you have every kind of illness simultaneously. Um, everything hurts. You're hot. You're cold. You can't stand up. You can't sit down. Uh, so the only thing that will end all that is using a little bit more. And when you finally have that click in your brain, then you're hooked. You're ho- you know, like at first when a friend would just have it, I tried a little bit. I kind of thought the horrible feeling the next day was almost like a hangover, like a very mm-hmm. severe hangover. But when kind of, you know, I did the, the, the math in my head where my friend was like, hey, if you just do a little bit more, you'll be fine. That's when it got me. Yeah. And Chicago is one of the easier places to see. To this it. is this yeah. is stuff I've heard. I, again, I've never encountered it. And yeah, I, this I whole mean, op- open air drug markets in certain parts of the city where you just pull up like a drive through. This whole episode is like a cautionary tale. We're outside a prison. <laughs> you, you destroyed your arms with with heroin abuse. Um, <laughs> I, I've hey, got so is life, right? <laughs> I've got some bad news for you. I feel like a twisted version of the Hi. Pied Piper. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Have you come to give me back my bones? <laughs> I am boneless. I'm the boneless. Some people prefer that. Easier to eat. Yes. Nice to see you all. Scariest one of them all. How are you? We're having a serious conversation about heroin addiction, and then this happens. Oh, hey! Amazing. I wish we had more room to, to let them in, but uh, sadly we don't. Uh, she has a clipboard. Why do you have a clipboard? She's about to treat James. <laughs> oh, yeah. There. Right. There Put we... my bones back. I think I saw some of the characters with my bones in there. I track of how many customers are just, like, noped out of the place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I see you in the back. <sighs> okay. Well, thanks for visiting, everybody. All right, are we going to be able to drive away? Are they... <laughs> I see a tire. <laughs> right, we're, we're one of them's coming skiers. with. I see a tire iron there. I, didn't. <laughs> I took your wheels off. My car's going to be on blocks. We're going to have to. We live here now. This is our new home. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. They got plenty of rooms. Yeah, that's yeah. how they get employees. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every fight is a food fight when you're a cannibal. <laughs> cannibal jokes. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> So back to heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Windows go. Whoa, good segue. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that was fun. Again, the old Joliet haunted prison, Chicago's only haunted house inside a real prison, except sometimes they just come to you. There you go. That's, uh, I, I don't even know what we were talking about. You, you were a heroin addict. You lost your bones. Did we're we talking about yeah. the availability of heroin. Yeah, in okay, which I find Chicago. so, so. Yeah. I guess disappointing, and it just, I guess I'm not surprised, but. Right. It's 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 super easy. Um, I know I would. Um, you just drive down. You know, the the neighborhood I went to was off the Eisenhower, the west side of Chicago. I mean, this is known. They call it Heroin Highway. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's not even policed, really. It's just out in the open. Do they just give up? I think they just gave up because, you know, they if they eliminate one, another one pops up, you know, and endless supply of people willing to, to do that business and then endless supply of people driving through. How important is it, having lived through what you lived through and having what is now a lifelong issue with your arms. Yeah. How important is you, is it for you to tell this story, to tell people? Oh, uh, you know, I, I never used to at all. I never wanted to talk about this. Cause it was too, I, like you're too self-conscious too. It, it too was... self-conscious about it because it's completely stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, so until, but then when I quit, um, I had a chance encounter with, uh, Tony and Cat Baker. From mm. the Broken, Broken Robots. Robots. Um, old childhood friend Lonnie is the bass player of that oh, band. okay. So I was going out to see Lonnie's band, and uh, he said, hey, you should talk to, uh, you know, my guitarist and and and, uh, and Kat, because they went through the exact same yep. issues that you did. Um, I mean, they were straight on the street right there. Oh, I mean, they told me stories of basically like panhandling off the Eisenhower. Yeah, I might have given them change many a day, for all I know. Um but when I saw them play, they were one of the only bands I've ever seen be really open about their story on stage um, and sing songs about it. I had songs about it, but I, you know, I never explained them when I when I played them ever. I, um, I think I said the same thing to them the first time I interviewed them. I don't want to make this about your heroin addiction. I don't want to, you know, detract from talking about your music. They said, no, no, we want to talk sure. about this. Oh, yeah. People need to hear this story. If we can help anyone, that's that's a win. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best feeling is after some of our shows, I've had people come up to me and say, hey, can I talk to you? You know, pull me aside and be like, you know, I've had the same issues. I have similar issues. What can I do? And I just, you know, I encourage them to, to stop and do something productive to replace it. I think that was the key for me. Is it me. that easy, though? No, it's not that easy. I mean, I did it with with methadone. So I needed the medical regimen of... But that's addictive uh, too. I mean... It is. You you get addicted to it. Um, But it it replaces... It it normalizes your activity. Um, You're no longer going to score street drugs. You're you're no longer in danger of, you know... uh, criminal prosecution from going to get what you need so it's a lot easier on your lifestyle it it allows you to get back into just a normal pattern Um, and then since it's regulated by doctors and nurses they can you know up your dose right and then kind of taper you off when you should because you can't really leave addicts to do that on their own that's where the problem is you know, you, you just can't. You 
you have to go through a little bit of the illness in order right. to or to overcome it. Was your bottoming out just the medical, the the life or death situation, or were you ever arrested? Were you ever? I was arrested a couple of times, um, Jesus. but not j- just like overnights um, from going to from going to score. They pull you in and then they just throw you out. Then those get dismissed. So that really wasn't anything that taught me any lessons, just to not get caught. Um, no, it was more losing the functioning of my arms. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean before before I had this brace, I couldn't I couldn't do anything with this arm. Uh, I couldn't draw. I was trying to do everything one-handed. This this arm even was completely swollen like this. Everything from putting yeah. on clothes to I mean. Socks. Things we all take for granted. Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Showering. Sure. Um, trying to hold a shampoo bottle in the shower. Super difficult. Yeah. Well, okay, let's take that one step further. We, we've covered the addiction, which sucks. I'm glad you're on the other side of it. Yeah. How, do you, how do you relearn how to play an instrument? That, We're, you're here representing James the Boneless, the band. With support, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. With, with, I mean, Pat really helped being in my life. We, like he had said earlier, we tried doing a band years before when I was still using and still able to play. Um, so we still had that to, like, go back to in a way. Mm-hmm. So we had this whole cache of songs. Um hadn't been able to play in years right um so we just got back together once i had quit and you know i i wanted to do this again and pat was still into it luckily um and uh tried it first i i still at that point i still couldn't play guitar so i tried doing like a one-handed keyboard thing i was trying to develop my own style of like but yeah. I don't play. That was horrendous. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. so bad. So bad. I mean, A plus for effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to convert, like, all the guitar lines into, I mean. I got, I, I got an old Juno G who's playing, and it was just, uh, yeah, it wasn't working out. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Like, I was coming up with my own chord structures, and and I hooked it up through a wah and a distortion pedal. I was trying to guitar the keyboard a little bit. So you could still strum a guitar. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's just that moving the, the hand underneath the neck. And yeah, the, I can't twist that. No. I, I even, I was trying to write songs just on, like, open-tuned ukuleles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I could handle for a little while. No one wants to hear that. No, right. no, right. <laughs> no one. Yeah, agreed. No one wants to hear that. Um, and then the change came, I think it was about, I think it was 2020, um, where before I was wrapping my arms in like sports tape and just kind of like any structure, cause the bone still, it's loose there. So moving around, it, it, it hurts like every day. Wow. Um, so I, it's almost, okay, this, yeah. this sounds easy for me to say, but it's, it's almost good that it does hurt every day because it reminds you never to using it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's like I, yeah, negative never, reinforcement yeah. every day. Sure, absolutely. Sorry, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it sucks, but I'm just... <laughs> you know, it doesn't suck as much as you would think. I've grown used to it. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, now it's not as much of a big deal, especially with the band. Mm-hmm. The band really helped. I mean, that really gave me a purpose and yeah. let me be open about this. Um, 
But uh, to get so, back sorry, to so yeah, twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty. Um, you know, I was going to various doctors after I had quit. I figured someone's got to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Put an implant in. You know, I don't know. Put a rod. Right. You know, move some tissue somewhere. I was kind of hospital jumping just because everyone was turning me away. They're like, I'd go see a doctor, get charged thousands for being told, we can't do anything for you. Go try another facility. Had people at like Mount Sinai, we're going to take a bone out of my leg, transplant it to my arm. Um, I'm like, don't I need my bone in my leg too? (laughs) The the, the doctor was like, that's not a load-bearing bone. I'm like, it's kind of in my leg. I kind of like how it uh, holds me up. But, um... That doctor that was maybe going to do that left their system within a week, and so no one else would take that on. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I finally found a doctor at Loyola that also didn't want to do anything. He was like some a bone specialist. I don't know the, the words for bone specialist. Osteo, osteoloyola, something. True. Um, but he referred me to a physical therapist okay. that then built me a brace. Um, awesome. So as soon as I got this brace out of like a good material and mm-hmm. it wasn't as constricting as like the tape and the gauze I was wrapping around, I was finally able, I, I went home and I'm like, oh my God, I can, fi- I can just move my arm in the motion up and down the fretboard. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, slide guys do this easy. The blind yeah, you guy in Roadhouse does this, you know? So you can't make court shapes, but you can still... I play an open tuning. So I'm, I'm tuned to, to open E major um, so I can bar the whole thing mm-hmm. and then kind of mimic minor chords by just playing like the, the low three strings. Got it. Are you, are you a player? No? Uh, I took guitar lessons for about a year and a half. Okay. But I, I know yeah. enough to understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, basically an open tuned guitar, I can do power chords mm-hmm. with, with the lower strings. And, uh, you know, from that, I've kind of I've learned more and more you know I had to rethink scales yeah, and sure. rethink everything I'm still thinking in like regular guitar playing terms and then just shifting the shapes as I'm playing I, makes sense? it yeah. makes sense and I think this is a really cool story I think this is triumphing triumphing over self-created adversity yeah, yeah. like finding your way through a bunch of shit yeah Absolutely. To, to do something good. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a golden gimmick now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a hard one golden gimmick, but. Uh, but and I mean, man, if there's ever proof that creators need to create, yeah, you figuring out how to play guitar, absolutely, with these arms and hands the way they are, that's that's proof right there. Yeah. So luckily, we we had songs already, um, a whole you know uh, set that we used to play years before. So all I had to do was kind of transition those into the new way some didn't work some sure. worked yeah um so some we've kept from years past but uh yeah most stuff is is new material are you the only guitarist in the band yes that's amazing yeah that's amazing so does that put added pressure on you pat i've been calling you patrick is, is that too formal yeah either way uh i don't think it adds pressure i kind of enjoy it because i can add more like uh, complexity of the bass yeah. lines, like have more fun with the bass instead of just you know, doing the, the standard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
so like I feel like I, I have more fun um, I dance around a bit I'm always I'm always all over the fretboard so it's it works for me and yeah. what sets the band apart besides all the obvious stuff we just talked about uh, the saxophone I mean the sax oh yeah yeah adds a nice dimension to what you're doing I've always heard saxophone I love saxophones over everything mm-hmm. I'm a big 50s R&B fan oh yeah you know grew up on Dick Biondi Magic 104 so that was standard in those days. You see, kids, you Dick Biondi s- used to work. Oh. Dick Biondi used to work on something called the radio. And <laughs> back in the day, people in their cars would listen to these things that came out over the air. There were shows hosted by disc jockeys. You don't listen anymore, but back in the day, you did. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, uh, avid fan of, I mean, the oldies, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know, transition from that into like Q101, you. <laughs> and I worked XRT there for a minute. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now I kind of only listen to NPR, actually. That, that, that does seem to be a common trajectory. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's like, no, I'm old, only NPR. Every time you hear a radio station say, we're going to go 40 minutes nonstop or a big, long set of music, fuck off. I, you, <laughs> those days are over. Yeah, Sorry, uh, the saxophone, yes. Um, and, you know, when I played guitar, um, I would always kind of hear saxophone and try to mimic that when I'd be soloing. I know other guitarists. I I know Steve Ray Vaughan. That's how he thought of his guitar. I, I read an interview or heard an okay. interview. Um, so kind of going on that premise, um, just having that sax kind of cadence, but nothing beats the sax. Nothing is I love a good sax, like I'm telling you. an accurate reproduction of vocalizing notes other than saxophone. You know, and that's part of the James the Boneless milieu. Uh, you have a string of singles available for streaming to enjoy. Uh, Satan's Kitty. The chorus is literally meow 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 over surf guitars. It is. <laughs> Which <laughs> <laughs> that let me let me tell you about that song. Okay. Um, I lived out in California, and it, it's pretty simple. We some of some of our songs are just matter of fact snippets of our lives. That one is based on I was living out there uh, had a couple cats and everywhere and then we were living in Irvine there were flyers everywhere that said beware keep your cats inside Satanists are in the forest especially black cats the Satanists want to get your black cats that's so cool were there were there really Satanists <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, satanic panic of the uh, late 90s. <laughs> um, so I always got a kick out of that. Yeah, for sure. But then our cats, one of the cats actually disappeared. I didn't, I don't believe in Satanists in the forest, but figured it was a coyote. Yeah, you sure. Know? So the song is, it basically, it, it, it arose organically from that. Somehow we started jamming on just a riff, and I started meowing over it. And <laughs> as you right? do, yeah. as and, you do, and it was great. Uh, and we just went with it. That was one of the old ones we had. Was, yeah. Let's let's stay satanic yeah. for a moment. Let's talk about the demon. Okay. Yeah. The demon. That's just a straight ahead tale of the drug use that mm-hmm. we were just describing. Um, so it's just going through the mind of an addict. Um, and then and the daily activities that go with that and by the end it goes into a happy ska part and the drugs are gone and you feel redeemed and you don't want to go back to the drugs and that is the demon so it's been four years yes do you have people from your previous life 
trying to reconnect with you? Have you no, been able to successfully I, like wall them off? You know, sadly, most of the people I even I didn't use with too many people in like a little group. I mostly kept to myself and. But anyone I did is because heroin's away. not a social drug. It's not a social drug, no. Unless you're Sid and Nancy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And they didn't do so well. Did no, they? They, that story, <laughs> that story ended pretty early for both of them. Yeah, yeah. But that that's a big part of getting out of it too is not associating with right. people from that past. Yeah. So I, I guess the the obvious question. This is a obvious transition. But what's next for James the Boneless? We're just going to continue on, uh, try to get more shows, keep writing, um, keep spreading our, our message of hope, I guess. And I'm glad you're doing it. I never it. really said that before, but, I, you know, it, it kind of makes sense with everything. It, well, I, it, it I, does inspire people. I, I think about you as a younger person. You mentioned it, all all your idols. I mean, I remember you mentioned Key 101, being on the radio in the 90s as they all fell, as Kurt oh, Cobain yeah. died, as Lane Staley right. checked out. I was out. in Seattle when Lane Staley died, like down the street. In, in more modern kind of, times. It was kind of devastating to hear he had been just holed up. I knew people. I was using at the time. So I knew people that were dealing with him. And they said the guy had just been in his apartment for X amount of weeks just doing nothing except that. So it was kind of no surprise to the local community. What a loss. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, knowing how impressionable you were, having someone like you being able to say, no, don't, I think is really important. I mean, no one wants to be the flag waver for righteousness and setting people down the, the road of correctness. But yeah. I think that that's kind of the role you inherited sure. by making it to this, this side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never felt like a role model. Mm -hmm. I yeah. feel like I'm the worst role model. <laughs> but like I said, we've had kids come up to us after shows yeah. and really open up yeah. about what they're going through. And they want to know what they can do. And they straight up say those words, you inspired me to not go back to that. So that's, that's awesome. I, I, we had to get through all that to get to the music part. I, I needed the backstory. I think people Absolutely. watching or listening needed that backstory. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad yeah. you're with us. I got I, some I'm, treats for you. It's 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 October. It so is October. We try Actually, it at, at most of the holiday shows. Should we go to this? Yeah. I, I, Pat yeah. says Rocktober. Rocktober. I do. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, when, when we do, like, shows around holidays... We usually do little treat bags. Like, I know we did one around Easter and Passover. I'm Jewish, so I spin the, the thing. So I had Passover <laughs> eggs. God, you know, I, I, I was raised yeah. Jewish, too. Heroin is not a Jewish thing. It's not. It's not. <laughs> the, the Jews don't like heroin. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> All right, what do we got for you? So this goes along with one of our songs. We have a song, Little Miss Cocaine in Her Butthole. Little Miss Cocaine in Her Butthole. It's an adult coloring book. It's an adult coloring book, and that's how the song got written. That's uh, amazing. I knew someone who was putting cocaine in their butthole. Oh, man. And I thought, you know what would be hilarious and informative is if there was, remember the Little Miss books? Of course. So I thought, if there was a Little Miss book where the moral tale involved the cocaine and buttholes. This is this is pretty dark shit. I got it. color sphincters. <laughs> You can call her in. Uh, the, the term lesser. Oh, le I did. I did. <laughs> that, that's the most disturbing page to most people. Is that podcast friendly, James? Uh, <laughs> in my almost nine years of Carcon Carne, I've never once had the reason until now to say the expression lacerated asshole. 
Thank you, James the Boneless. Poetry. <laughs> well, but no, this is a ca- another cautionary tale in coloring book form. Thank you. There you go. I think I have kids at home. They'll love the this. Activities. Yeah. You know, what's funny is anyone that gets that, their kids are drawn to that. Of course. We have a video out with that, <laughs> and I hear all the time, thanks a lot, you're a dick. My kids will not stop singing that song. Little I'm Miss like, Cocaine yeah. in her butthole. It's, it's hooky. If so, I had a nickel, yep. Yeah, all right. What else we got for you? We got, oh, speaking of Satan's kitty. Here, wait, can you get that? I can. I'm not good with anything. Pat helps me open bottles. <laughs> oh, this is? This is a Satan's Kitty t-shirt for you. Amazing. Amazing. I pegged you for a large. Also amazing. Beautiful. I love the logo. All right. You get a sticker packet. <laughs> sticker with more. packet. There's my Oh, look. Arm. Okay. I'm, oh. Glad you, I'm actually glad you brought a sticker. Yeah. I have my case that I carry my... Uh, hard drive recorder for nice. Kirkland Carney. And I realized I should have been doing this all along. I'm treating it like a travel suitcase and I'm putting stickers of the people I interview oh, yeah. on my little travel suitcase. There you go. So we got Satan Kitty right That's here. A glow in the dark one. Bonus. Of course it is. Yeah, we have like the worst stickers. We're still, you know, we're still streamlining how we do merch. How does a dude with, it... with troubled hands and arms open these stickers up? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> when I'm in bathrooms trying to stick them on a urinal, you know? <laughs> It's, it's the worst. I'm gonna scotch tape this to my yeah. uh, my case. I'll, I'll I'll work on this later. Sure. I gave one the. I'll get I'm, a knife and. We're, uh, we're friends with the Crombies guys, so sure. uh, Carl, the keyboard player, he took one. He was trying to do a little honor to me and put it on his keyboard on stage, <laughs> yeah. and he's just fumbling with it. He just he just gave it. Yeah. Like, here, here, you do this. <laughs> Ten you minutes this later. Now. Yeah. Wait, and you get a James a boneless. <laughs> Look at hat. this. Just the simple logo. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is awesome. That's a God. That's a great logo. You've got that figured out. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for Skull my goodies. And broken bones. Thank that's our spin on it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that is great. Thank you for my goodies. You're welcome. Oh, I love Halloween season. Happy Halloween. Right. I love it, <laughs> guys. Thank you for doing this. Like I said, nothing uh, bonds people faster than spending an hour walking through a haunted house <laughs> together. <laughs> right? That was right? Fun. That was super that fun. Was fun. And it's I realized like a flashback to, to my childhood. And I realized as I was driving here, I'm like, I don't know these guys. Hope they're hope they're not dicks. <laughs> like, we're hope we weren't t- either. Right? Yeah, no, like we're gonna spend a lot of time together. Hope we all get along, and we did. I, I'm really glad well, we, we did this. We looked into you, and everyone said you were the nicest guy ever. So there you well, go. That's, that's lovely to hear. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you did your research. Yeah, okay, great. Vetted you before we sat in the car with you. <laughs> glad I've been we'll vetted. that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, James, Patrick. Uh, thank you for doing this. James the Boneless is thank the you. band. Uh, I do want to thank everyone oh. here at the Haunted House, the old Joliet Prison Haunted House. Thank you. This yes? is great. I just wanted to plug shows we're playing. Well, that's what I was asking soon. about. What's next? Oh, oh that's what the uh-huh. what's next. Yeah. Um, we are doing a show up in Madison, Wisconsin. The 29th. That's our first like, out-of-state thing. Awesome. We're still yeah. a fairly new band. We've only been around for like a year and a half or so. That's great. Um, so... Up there, we're playing at Nottingham Cooperative. It, yeah, it it's a total surprise to us. It, we're playing with like a bunch of folk punk bands. I love it. Yeah, and it should be interesting. It yeah. should be super interesting. We kind of feel we fit with anybody. Yeah, I agree. It's because of the sax. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. The the sax hits. And then uh, December sixteenth, we're playing at this great event. Um, this guy Noah Corona started about a year ago out in Villa Park called Punk Rock Tacos. Oh yeah. Have you heard of this? I have. <laughs> they're they're doing one soon, October twenty first. You just reminded me I need to reach out to that dude. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. 
we got in early uh, with him. We played like the second show, and just sitting down with the guy. Yeah, we played a couple of shows there. Yeah, we've yeah. we've done like three of them so far. This is December sixteenth will be our fourth. Love it. Um, he lets in new bands. He gets nationally touring. Amazing bands come through. Yeah, he's got a good scene there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always a good time there. It, it's it's great. It, it, it's kind of throwback to. The YMCA, VFW. I was going to say this, this reminds me of the Fireside. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah, exactly, Fireside, and it's even surrealer where you're in a Mexican restaurant. There's no separation. You're not going to another room. Oh, it's there something else. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't a divider. There's Who doesn't like tacos? Every punk yeah. band likes tacos. Right. But what's funny is there's still a fully functioning restaurant at love the it. same time as the bands are playing. Yeah, I love Families it. Families sitting down for Friday night dinner. Um, so it's this great mix, and it's always been just a warm, welcoming crowd. There's I love never it. like out of hand fights, violence, nothing. Everyone's supportive, just enjoying music, having a great time. I love it. Good food. It's at this place, Samitas Poblanas in uh, in Villa Park. Love yeah, it. Yeah, you, should, right, you, so get, you gotta come out to one of them. December sixteenth. That sounds great. They're great. Yeah, I think we're playing with Lollygagger. I know. I watched the interview with those guys because I saw them play at the Forge here in Joliet. And they Love were amazing. Uh, that, amazing. Al- that album of theirs that they just put out is yeah. awesome. I've, I've gone through a few of the tracks. Haven't so gone good. through the whole thing, but... It, oh, that's a, yeah, yeah, it's a great bill. Oh, it is. Yeah. Awesome. Them and... Wait, who else? The Larvettes, I believe, were playing. I don't know them. Yeah. I, I just so I should come up out recently. Yeah. And I don't know if the rest of the the, the bill is, is set yet, but I, I'm pretty sure those Solid two start. and us are locked in. Solid start. But yeah, and it will be a Christmas show, but... Well, Han- Hanukkah for I'm you, I'm going to do some Hanukkah yeah. stuff, you know? I might throw some dreidels at the audience. Bust out the dreidels. <laughs> Start a whole dreidel spinning pit, yes. you know? <laughs> Maybe we do a punk rock dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. All uh, things to look forward to, holiday yeah. season. Talking talking gimmel with James <laughs> There you go. Gimmel, you get all. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> Thank you, Old Juliet Haunted Prison. For, for the hospitality. Uh, that, that was super fun. Thank you, James the Boneless. Thank you. And thank, yeah, thank you, you for watching and or listening to Carcoon Carney.